بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين dear brothers السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته again we are back to continue discussing the case of kitab at-tawhid which is a book you have already heard about it explaining and talking about the message of the messengers of Allah تبارك وتعالى who are sent to their nations with one message. Every messenger that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to his nation was carrying the, the, the clear word, the word that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants every messenger to tell his people to call them for La ilaha illallah. As he mentioned, Tabaraka wa ta'ala in his noble book, وما أرسلنا من قبلك من رسول إلا نوحي إليه أنه لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدون In this case we are continuing to try to explain what meant by this word how can we not only understand it but also practice it not only that but also call for it not only that but also have patience for what we are going to receive because of this what we have done as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Asr when he said Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wal-Asr inna al-insana la fi khusr illa al-lazina amanu wa amilu al-salihat wa tawatawu bil-haq wa tawatawu bil-sabr Four conditions that if the Muslim really want to be a winner want to be saved from being a loser, that you should have these four conditions. And as we said before about this book, it is a book that talking about Tawheed from Quran and Sunnah only. No other words to be added, just ayat and a hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tonight, as brother Sheikh Mithiyaz Khair, he mentioned, we're going to talk about this, the 10th chapter, which is talking about slaughtering or sacrificing. Among these ayahs, which is mentioned in here, which is two ayahs plus two hadith, you can notice easily that the author, rahimahullah, wanted to talk about the case of slaughtering to someone other than Allah. But he's not talking about the other slaughtering which is what we mention inshallah later on. So take these ayahs and the hadith and see where is the case he's talking about. So, <clears throat> explaining this case in the beginning, slaughtering could be halal and it could be polyphism. It could be also worshipping. So slaughtering in Uzhiyah, Urbana, as you call it in Urdu, as far as I know, uh, slaughtering for Hajj, when a, a Muslim going for Hajj, for a Tamattu type of Hajj, uh, some other slaughtering also will be a worshipping. The other type of slaughtering is halal slaughtering. Slaughtering for food, for a party, inviting some of your friends, colleagues, brothers, relatives, that's okay. What is not accepted actually in Islam, the third type, which is slaughtering 
for someone other than Allah, making qurban to someone other than Allah. Some Muslims may say, where, where is that would happen? Is that happening? Of course it's happening. And you'll be amazed to know that lots of Muslims are doing this without knowing that they are falling into the politics. The clearest example we could say, those words who are going to some people who are saying that they are sheikhs or they are good people or they are Quran disciples and then they tell them to go and buy certain type of animal, take this animal to such and such place, kill it without saying Bismillah. Of course, suspicion will come in here. Why not to say Bismillah? Or why to kill it from the back, not from the front as usual? Some questions will come, but later on you will discover that this person who is willing to kill these types of animals is actually asking the person to kill for devil jinns. And he is a magician usually or a predictor. Slaughtering for devil jinns or for graves or for pious persons or for trees, or for anything else, is not allowed in Islam. In fact, it is a polytheism, a major polytheism. And that excludes from Islam. So a Muslim should be very careful in this case. Very careful. Let's see this ayah. First ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which is in Surah Al-An'am, وَإِنَّ فَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ the ayah is talking about or Allah Ta'ala telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to say and say O oh Muhammad that my prayers and my slaughtering or sacrificing Musuki here in Arabic is not only slaughtering by the way the translation here is short Musuki here means every kind of Musuki you are doing which is including a lot of ibadah also وَمَحْيَاي Even my life All my life وَمَمَاتِي Also my death All for Allah تبارك وتعالى لله رب العالمين Nothing in my life Part of this four or others For other than Allah تبارك وتعالى And the case we are talking about Is the case of slaughtering Which is part of the nusuk Only for Allah تبارك وتعالى when it comes to the case of worshipping, but as we said, when you come to say it is halal cases, slaughtering for uh, a party or for friends or for relatives, it's no problem. To eat or to meet, no problem. Or to sell the meat even, no problem. But the case when it comes to slaughter for someone other than Allah Ta'ala in the side of ibadah or worshipping. So this is the first evidence. To show us clearly that the case of slaughtering is not allowed. Except for Allah Ta'ala or for halal cases, as we said in the beginning. The second ayah is, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala also talking to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are all, we, and we are followers of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are after him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Pray to Rabbi, your, your Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and sacrifice. So, some 
ulama took this ayah also to give it as an example or as, a, as an evidence for the case of Salat al-Eid in the sense of the Hijjah plus flattering after that. But this is not only the case, of course this is a wider and more general than just one case. So pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only and flutter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only and only here is very important. Yani a person who is flattering for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a polytheist. A person who is flattering for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the others is also a polytheist. The monotheist is only the one who is only flattering to Allah only. Yani no, no one else. He doesn't flatter for such and such grave, such and such pious person, tree, whatever. Plus he is flattering for Allah. No, he is doing qurban which is ubhiyah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's doing uh, for hajj for Allah tabaraka ta'ala but when he goes back home he goes to such and such grave and he kill an animal for this grave as a qurban by the way the word qurban in Arabic is close in Urdu qurban means to get closer to someone taqarrub in Arabic we say taqarrub taqarrub means that a person is doing something to be closer to the one who is doing this for him so he's going to the grave for this pious person and slaughter this sheep to get closer to him, not in the distance, but in the feeling, in the heart. That's the case of worshipping. If you see the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu which the other hadith will come inshallah, but this is different in his case, that Muhammad sallallahu even warned us clearly not to slaughter to anyone else except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As an example, a man came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, I made a vow, never. If such and such thing happened, I will kill a camel in such, in such and such place. So, now it's clear, no problem here. So, Muhammad Wasallam, as a wise and smart person, he asked him, that place you're talking about, was it a place for spacious or idols before? Or idols before? See, he's afraid to tell him that this person will go and flutter in a place where was spacious or an idol which is worshipped before. So the man said, no, it was not. So he said, okay, go ahead. Why he was in Allah to ask this question? Because he's afraid that if this person does this in this place, which is known to him or to the others, they will think that Muhammad Sallallahu is allowed people to slaughter to the idols or station, which is not allowed in Islam. If you read the Quran, you will find that Allah is talking about the idols of Quraysh as an example. وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدًّا وَلَا شُوَاعًا وَلَا يَغُوتَ وَيَعُوقَ وَلَا تَرَادِ for the case of Qamunuh. And for the time of Muhammad which is part of these people also, part of these nations, he's talking about Allah, وَالْعِزَّةَ وَمَنَاةَ الثَّالِثَةَ الْأُخْرَى and so on. And in our time now, this grace which is widely spread among the Muslim world, now people are going there to make complete hajj almost. Unfortunately there is, yes. Somebody will be amazed, but it's true. There are some graves in some Islamic world, they go there and they make complete hajj by tawaf, slaughtering and shaving heads. And some of these graves are receiving more than two million hajj yearly, instead of Kaaba. More than the people come to Kaaba sometimes, a'udhu billah. Then the hadith which is mentioned, which is number four, or number three case, or number three evidence, that Ali ibn Abi Talib said, 
Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم told me four words. In Arabic we say kalimat, kalima, and word in Arabic doesn't mean one word. So that's why we have a problem when we come to translate between English and Arabic. Arabic is a wider language. Arabic is a lot wider language that you cannot find a lot of words which is in Arabic so you have to try to make it somewhere rather than in English. However, they say a word, la ilaha illallah is a word. Is it one word? No. La ilaha illallah is a sentence. But actually in Arabic we say kalima. To say the kalima. What is the kalima? Kalima is one. But we're talking about kalima and here the mean, we need the case of la ilaha illallah which is a complete sentence. So Ali bin Qali said that Allah Prophet told him four words. Is that four words actually we count? No, but four sentences or judgments. So he said that Allah said, لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مَنْ ذَبَحَ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ Allah cursed or Allah will curse whoever slaughter to someone other than Allah. What does it mean, curse in here? In Arabic, لَعَنَ means to send someone away from the, the, the mercy of Allah. الطرد والإبعاد من رحمة الله. To send someone away from the mercy of Allah is not so easy. It means he's going to Jahannam. That's it. So that's an evidence that this is a very dangerous case. It is a case that a person is really conducting shirk, major shirk. Ulama, including Ibn Abi Al-Izz al-Hanabi, rahimahullah, he's, يعني, this is, by the way, يعني, subhanallah, Muslims really should not stick to the case that this is Hanafi, this is Shafi, Maliki, Hanbali. We are talking about Islam. Yeah, in here in Saudi Arabia as an example, I studied in Imam University. We studied a book of two volumes in Creed. Six semesters. And that book is a Hanafi book. Hanafi not in Fiqh, but Hanafi in Aqidah also, in Creed. Why? Because it's correct. We're taking the creed which is correct. The Aqidah called At-Tahawiyah. And At-Tahawiyah is explained by another Hanafi person also, another Hanafi scholar called Ibn Abi al-Izz. And this Aqidah, it clearly, clearly shows us what we are talking about in here. One of them is to say, when is the, the sin is major sin. Sins in Islam are levels. Regular sins, which we call the Quran Al-Lamam, then goes up a little bit to say the major sins, Kabair, like Zina, drinking alcohol, stealing, riba, and so on. Then higher than that, minor shirk, higher than that, major shirk, Billah, which is both of them will lead the kufr in any way or another. Right. Here, Muhammad is giving a clear decision or judgment for the person who slaughter to someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a worshipping, that he is cursed by Allah. So he is now committing a major sin. No, he is committing a major shirk. But this is means that the level of major sin is up. The level of major sin and up. Not less. So in this case now, this person is already cursed means that he is out. So that's why they, they defined the major sin that any sin which is having a curse from Allah or from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لُعِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ عَلَى لِسَيْ دَوْدَ وَعِيْسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمِ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوَ وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ So they are cursed by their prophets or messengers. 
And this hadith, which is in Muslim, which is totally correct, insha'Allah, he's saying that Muhammad Sallallahu is telling Ali that Allah has cursed anyone who slaughters to someone other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as a qurban, of course. Which is the case we want to discuss tonight. We're discussing tonight. Also, he gave another three cases, all cursed: the one who cursed his, his parents, his own parents; the one who allow a criminal or a person who make novelty among Muslims when he hide him and help him out and the fourth one is, who is cursed is the one who is changing the borders between the lands or landlords between Muslims yani, just an example a person who is having a land like this masjid then he moves his borders a little bit behind to take more land so this guy is also this hadith, as we said, is in Muslim, and Muslims should really think that Muslim and Bukhari is totally, with no suspicion, inshallah, no doubt that they are all correct. Other books of Sunnah, like Al-Tirmidhi, Al-Nasai, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, Musnad Ahmed Ibn Hanbal, and so on, these books, they have some weak hadith in them. But for Al-Bukhari Muslim, there is no doubt, because all the Muslim scholars have already agreed that these two books have no doubts on the correction of hadith. Again, just to remind myself and you, brothers, that those people who are sacrificing or slaughtering to someone under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We said jinn, yes, that could be by the trick of magician, because usually these magicians and predictors they show something different. They show people that they are good mutawwa, they are good Muslims, and they make ruqya, shari'a by Quran and Sunnah. But you can discover them easily when you come to them, that they speak in ununderstandable language. That if you come to a person and he say, I will make ruqya on you, how do you know if this guy is truly making ruqya by Quran and Sunnah, or he is playing around? Listen to what he said. If he's Clearly reciting Quran, he's clearly speaking with the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu and dua of Muhammad sallallahu and other dua, then it's okay. If he is not, then there is a problem. Usually these, these predictors or magicians, they will ask also some strange questions about the names of the mother, or about strange things in your life. Maybe they will ask you some of your clothes, and so on. Directly you will know this guy is a predictor or a magician. Or maybe he makes vice versa by telling you. When you come into your name is this and this and your mother's name, you'll be, you'll be astonished. Shaitan will come to you and say, this guy knows the right, knows the unseen world. So you are afraid of him. So directly he can control you. This is a psychological way to control people when they come to them. But if you recite Quran before you go to especially if you recite Ayatul Kursi before you get into this place, he cannot really hurt you at all. Because these magician and predictors, they, they are really weak people. They have no superpower. They are very weak. But they get their strength by using and contracting with devil jinns. And devil jinns also are weak when they meet a person with Quran. And I told you the story, I think I did this so many times, but still I would say no problem to say it again. 
that these several Jews, if they try to hurt someone with Quran, they cannot. The story was that a bad man who is a drug dealer in Riyadh here, by the way. But he shows that he's a mutawwa and he's good and he's in salah and so on. So he came to some family, good family, and he asked their daughter for marriage. So they, so the guy is okay, mashallah, and he's a good guy. So they gave him their daughter. They gave him their daughter. The daughter, when she came to him as a wife, she discovered in one week that he is a bad man and he is a drug dealer. So she ran away. She ran away from the house. He came to them, he tried to bring her back, he refused. They said, I'm not going to go away. So what he did is he went to one of the magicians in Riyadh and here, hidden magicians of course, as I told you. They show they are making rukia and huh, the Quran and so on. But they are not. And he said, help me out. I want to get my wife back. By any means. So he said, bring me some of her clothes, used clothes. And 5,000 riyal. So he bought the used clothes. Why the used clothes? Why not new clothes? What if the husband brings clothes from the market? What will happen? He cannot reach her. Because actually, this magician or protector will make these clothes as a way to reach the person. These devils will smell it and will go and catch the person by the smell. So, that magician told the man, when he took the 5,000 riyadh and the clothes, he said, Halas, go, come back to me next, next week, I'll tell you what happened. So the man came to him, the husband, the bad husband, he came to him, after one week he said, what have you done? He said, well, I couldn't. Take your money, take your clothes, He said, okay, make it 10,000. Then okay, give me another week. So he, another week he tried again, and again and again, he couldn't. When the husband came next, the week after, he asked him what happened. He said, yeah, Lennon, take your money, go away. You are putting me in trouble. What trouble? He said, I couldn't get into that house by any means. Whenever I see these people, he means the jinn of course, they can't get into the house. Because the house is the a Quranic house. A house where Quran is recited in there. Exactly as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us about Surah Al-Baqarah, he said, لا تستطيعها البطلة يعني السحرة The magicians cannot work with it. So Quran is the weapon, but we are losing it. We are not using the weapon. We are hanging the weapon in the roofs, in the shelves, but we are not using it. Quran is not descended to make it decorated in the wall. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Yaseel with the fantastic handwriting. This is not what Quran descended for. Quran is descended to be in here and to be in our, our actions, to practice it in our lives. فَصَلِّي رَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ يعني صَلِّي رَبِّكَ Pray for Allah and sacrifice for Allah سبحانه وتعالى Not صَلِّي يعني صَلِّي for Allah and sacrifice for the others No Both in the same case So we have to put in mind that these magicians and predictors although they think they have a strong strong power or a lot of power to work against people they are not with the good people like you People who are hanging on the Quran, 
people who are reciting Quran. Ayat al-Kursi as an example, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi told us clearly in his hadith that if you recite it before you sleep, no devil jinn will hurt you. That's it. A protection from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala through Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by what he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the other hadith, you remember that Abu, Abu Dharin radiallahu anhu was with Muhammad sallallahu in a dark night outside of the Medina and uh, Muhammad sallallahu told him, Ya Abu Dharin say, he did not say because he doesn't know what to say, he repeated this three times, then he said, Abu Dharin said, Ya Rasulullah, what should I say? He told him, say, Qul huwa Allahu ahad, Qul a'udhu birabbil falak, Qul a'udhu birabbil nas, three times in the morning, three times in the evening, will protect you from everything, everything. That's by who? By the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How much will cost you this, this weapon? How much will cost you? You go to the market to buy this weapon? Maybe 20,000 riyals? 100,000 riyals? No. Free. Free. You can find it in the message if you are not, if you don't memorize it, you come to the message and read it in the mushaf. If you cannot read even, come to the imam, he will, he will teach you how to, uh, but all of you, inshallah, you know it. But are we using it? Are we teaching our children to use it? Are we teaching our family to use it? If we are not, who is to blame? We? Or the Quran? Or the Sunnah? That's the question. Uh, as we said before, <coughs> Ali ibn Abi Talib, of course, is clearly known as uh, one of the best Sahaba, cousin, uh, the uncle of, uh, the cousin of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he is the first child accepted Islam. Of course, he was the fourth Khalifa, and his uh, sequence in Khilafah is in the sequence of uh, being closer to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman are better than Ali ibn Abi Talib in this case. Not like the Shia or, or Rafidah say that he is the best, and he was taken the, the Khilafah was taken from him by force. Because when they say this, they are insulting Ali ibn Abi Talib. They are saying that Ali ibn Abi Talib was a coward, and he couldn't take Khilafah from the others. Astaghfirullah. Which is really insulting Ali ibn Abi Talib. But this is the case of being the followers of the Jew, Abdullah ibn Sabah. When he came to the point to make Ali ibn Abi Talib as a god. So Ali ibn Abi Talib tried to kill him and he ran away from him. And this story is known in the history and a lot of evidence is to make it true. It's true, it's true story. Last hadith we have is a little bit a problem. Because this hadith is not agreed as a correct hadith. No. The hadith is talking about Tariq bin Shihab رضي الله عنه said that Rasulullah said Tariq bin Shihab by the way is يعني, some of the um, history writers Islamic history writers and the people who wrote about Sahaba they said he is not a Sahabi. He is a Tabi'i. So he did not see Rasulullah and he did not take hadith from Rasulullah but actually Ibn Hajar rahimahullah in Al-Isaba and some other Writers also said, no, he's a Sahabi, and there's a clear word of him, he said, I met, I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I worked with, or I made jihad with Abu Bakr, wa Umar, wa Uthman, wa Ali, radiallahu anhu, because he was a little bit young that time, and he came, he accepted Islam later. So however, he is counted as Sahabi. But the hadith in here, he, he, which is related in here, is not as strong as it's supposed to be. Then a question comes in here. Why the author will bring a hadith which is not so strong? Somebody say, yeah, you are talking, you say, 
you bring evidence is not from Quran and Sunnah. Why to bring the hadith which is not strong in the case of creed or aqidah? Very simple. If you study the books of those ulama, scholars who have gathered the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu like At-Tirmidhi, Wal-Nasai, Ibn Majah and the others, you will notice that they are gathering the hadith and they include sometimes some hadith which is weak in one case. Yani if he is talking about Sahara as an example, he is bringing strong hadith, one or two or three hadith, then he brings one weak hadith, no problem, just to give some explanation, but not to depend on this weak hadith. To, be, to depend on the stronger hadith, and this hadith is only just to explain. Same thing in here. This hadith is only explaining. Yani what ideas or opinions which is in the hadith actually is not contradicting with the other opinion it's not new opinions actually not new ideas it's already have been said in the other hadith before and the other ayahs before so it's just giving extra evidence it's just extra evidence but it's not the dependable hadith in here in this case we have the hadith of Ali ibn Abi which is a Muslim just a minute ago and we have these two ayahs also but it's giving some kind of explanation let us see what it is giving <coughs> the story is that Muhammad upon this hadith of course we cannot say he said because this is not for sure what he said they say that he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam that a man got into jahannam because of a fly so يعني, he was sent to jahannam because of a fly a fly, a fly, and we kill it easily, and we hate it. We bring all sorts of things to kill it. So he gave a story that these two men passed by a temple which has a lot of statues or idols. When they passed by, the people who are guarding this area forced them. They brought them before they say, you have to slaughter for this. Idol or idol. So one of these men, he said, I don't have anything to slaughter. So they told him, slaughter even a fly. So he caught a fly and he killed it for the station or for the idols. So he went to Jahannam. A fly? A fly? Fly to come to Jahannam. And the other one refused. And he said, I will never slaughter anything to someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they killed him. So he, did, he went to, to Jannah. Hey, here comes a point. Some people say, isn't this guy forced? And we know that if a person is forced, or he is <coughs> making a mistake, or he is ignorant, or he is thinking this is correct, but it is not. He is not counted to be a kafir. And we always give the example of that man who is in the desert when he is having his camel carrying all his food and water on the camel and he was traveling so he stopped by a tree in the middle of the day where it is so hot and he tied the camel into the tree and he slipped under the tree and when he woke up in the desert alone he cannot find his camel and his food and his water. He tried to find the camel around, he couldn't for one, two, three days. 
And it's a big desert, wide desert, nobody's there. So خلاص. He knew that he's dying. So he relaxed under the tree saying خلاص. And he made shahadatin, waiting for death. So he slept. Then he woke up, he found his camel in the top of his head. What kind of emotion he is having now? Strong emotions, yani. So he made a wrong sentence saying that Allah is my slave and I am his God. So, so much emotion. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not say that he is a kafir. He said he made a mistake. So he accepted his mistake in this story and he did not say he is a kafir. So we say there are four barriers from bringing a Muslim into kufr. If he is having one of them, he is not. Same is the story of Ammar ibn Yasir when he was hurted by the uh, mushrikeen of Quraysh when they used to put his head into the water until he feels that he is dying and they still continue doing this until he said what they want from the kufr world. And when he did this, he came to release him. So he came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I have made a bad thing. And he told him the story. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, How is your heart? He said, Mutma'innum bil iman. Full with iman. I have no care. He said, If they have done it to you again, do it again. Because he's forced, totally forced. So forcing in here, or making a mistake, or being ignorant, or misunderstanding of the evidences is a barrier to move a person from Islam to Kufr. Now why didn't we, why didn't we practice this on this hadith? That's why I said this, is hadith, this hadith is weak. You cannot take it as يعني, uh, individual evidence. But it's, it is only following evidence. The major evidence is the one we have said in the two ayahs and the hadith which is in Muslim. But however, if this happened in the other nations before the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu it could happen because they have different judgments as you know. It's the only an example to show us that a Muslim is not allowed at all to give a qurban or a slaughtering to someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a case of ibadah. Clear and easy. So if someone comes to you and say, your son is sick, take a roaster or a chicken to such and such huh, grave. If you do so, your son will be okay, inshallah. Because this Khalandar Baba or this Wali will take care of your child. Don't listen to this person because he is telling you to make major shirk, which will exclude from Islam. But maybe he doesn't know, ignorant or this. We're not saying the person is a kafir in here or a mushrik, but we say what he's doing is shirk or kufr. So we have to differentiate between what he is doing and what he is. We cannot say the person is a kafir, but we can't say easily that what he has done is kufr. What he has done is shirk, but he is not a mushrik. He could have one of the barriers that we explained just a minute ago. So we have to be careful not to fall in such cases like this. Some people will say this, will make this as a good advice. Well, your son is tired, he is sick, you took him to too much, someone has hospitals, nobody could do anything to him. Why don't you take him to such and such wali? Go to his grave, take some of his uh, huh, soil and put in his, you know, he will be okay, inshallah. Or just give some qurban huh, to that, and he will make shafa'ah and intercession to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. 
This is against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words clearly in the Holy Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ دُعُونِي Call me directly. Not through a person, not to call others. Call him directly, tabaraka wa ta'ala, and he is hearing you. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Call me, I will answer you. Say, what if he did not answer us? He will say, well, I have called so many times, he did not answer me. How do you know? Because not everything you are calling, he will give you. Maybe you are calling things bad for you, and he knows better, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe you are calling them good for you, but he does not want to give you this, this because this will hurt you. Maybe you are calling for something Allah knows that's good for you, but he doesn't want to give it to you because he wants to raise up your level in Jannah because of your dua. He wants to hear you more and more calling him. Upon the hadith of Muhammad that Allah is telling Jibreel not to give that person who is calling Allah for what he wants because Allah wants to hear more and more of his begging. The only fantastic begging is to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you begging is wrong. Don't beg the people. Don't beg anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he loves your begging. Beg him. Begging is like making a person down. But begging Allah is making the person up. This, because Allah is different. Allah is not the same. Don't compare Allah to the other. That's why we always say, some people, they make, a, they make a big mistake, they say, okay, you cannot go directly to Allah because Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are a sinful person. Like, what should I do? You should go. And he can give an example, say, if you want to go to a general manager of a company, can you go directly to the general manager? You have to go through his secretary and his... Yeah, Habibi, wait a second. Don't do this. Don't compare Allah to a general manager of a company. There's no way to compare, yeah, Akhi. A general manager of a company is a human being. Weak human being. But Allah is Allah. Allah is the old hero. Oh, see subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever you say, in any language, in anywhere, in a dark night, in anywhere in this world, he hears you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he will give you what you want, or he will give you a reward better than what you want. Always put in mind that Allah deserves. Even then, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is still a human being, and he is a messenger both. That's why he is higher than us, because he is a messenger. But he's a human like us. As Allah told us, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, He's a slave, Sallallahu Alaihi like us. But he's a messenger also. So we have two things. Slave like us, and a messenger which is higher than us. But this messengerhood or prophethood does not get him up to the level of Allah, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, which is very dangerous, which is made by some wrong. Some Muslim made a big mistake by raising Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi to the level of Allah or higher than Allah, Udubillah. Same as the Christians did with Isa ibn Maryam. That's why his cousin clearly said in the correct hadith in Al-Bukhari, لا تتروني كما أطرت النصار ابن مريم إنما أنا عبد فقول عبد الله ورسوله Don't you overpraise me. Don't you overpraise me. Like the Christians did with Isa ibn Maryam. I am a mere slave. So call me a slave and a messenger of Allah. صلى الله عليه وسلم. He knew that some of his Allah will exaggerate on him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Will overpraise him. Like the Burda, which is made by Al-Busiri. And you know that, it is all said on the Milad, as they call in Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Rabi' al-Awwal. They say this Burda, thinking that they are praising Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's the Nata as you call it in Urdu, right? No, it's wrong. It's the incorrect thing to say, because it is really, completely a polytheism. By raising Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
not only to the level of Allah, but over and higher than the level of Allah. And I didn't need to say this because I know you know it. If you read it clearly and understand what he says, you understand. Say, a case in here, say, what? somebody came to me, say, you are saying this bad thing about Al-Busiri and he's a good, he's a scholar. I'm not saying anything about Al-Busiri. I did not say anything about Al-Busiri himself. I'm saying about what he said. And back to our rule, when we say a person could fall into kufr, but he's not a kafir. Could fall into shirk, but he's not a bushrik. Why? Because we are talking about what he said, not what is who said. What who said this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He will judge this person if he is a kafir or not. Not me, not you, not anybody else, except for these, these, these scholars and so on. But for us, we are not judging people. We are judging what is said upon the Quran and Sunnah. So what he said, Al-Busiri, what he said, in this case especially, is really a major shift. This chapter is very important for a Muslim. Not only to save himself, but also to save his Muslim brothers. And I know that you know that a lot of Muslims all around this world are doing such things to these graves and so on. So your duty, which is assigned by Allah Taala and by Muhammad Sallallahu and each one of us, is to save our Muslim brothers, save ourselves first, save our families, and save our Muslim brothers. Ya so, in order to be a true Muslim, we have to save ourselves, and to save our Muslim brothers, and to save the others, our families especially, as much as we can. We cannot force people to be in the right track, because this is even to Muhammad Hassan, he couldn't do this. Let's ta'alayhim be more fighter. فَذَكِّرْ إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرْ You are only mere reminder. That's it. Muhammad Hassan could not bring his uncle Abu Talib to Hidayah. إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتُ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَبْتُ Abu Talib the one who defended Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in everywhere and he was the reason that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was not hurt although the one who is the protector is Allah but he was the reason still he did not accept Islam and he died as, died as a kafir upon the words of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he is in Jahannam when Al-Abbas his brother the brother of Abu Talib came to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he asked him have you done anything Good to your uncle who I used to defend you. He said, yes. I made shafa'ah for him that Allah moved him from the deepest level of Jahannam to an area where his feet is in Jahannam and his mind is boiling because of Jahannam. That's one of the easier places in Jahannam. So when we clear this out, we understand that we, a Muslim is not allowed at all to sacrifice to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with these evidences. Don't depend on my words or any words of any other person, but in the words of Allah wa ta'ala and the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is the correct way to make da'wah to the other to save them from Jahannam. Use qala Allah, qala Rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then you are on the right track. And my turn only to discuss this with you and try to reach the correct point and understand it the correct way. And Jazakumullah Khair, and I'm happy to hear your questions now. Uh, before we have questions, we had a question which is hanged, or still waiting for the, from last week from our Sheikh, brother uh, Mahbub. He asked last week about the case of what is the evidence that tabarruk or asking blessing is a worshipping. 
And uh, because I am human being, I couldn't remember. Nothing. Then when I studied this again, I found out that the chapter itself is having the evidence. The hadith itself, which is talking about the Sahaba when they were with Muhammad وسلم, passing by those polarists who are, ha- who are hanging their weapons in the tree, because they are asking Barakah from the tree, so they asked the same, Sahaba asked the same because they were new in Islam, not yet deeply in Islam. They asked the same, they wanted another tree assigned by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, thinking this is allowed, to ask Barakah or have Barakah from. They want another tree. So he told them that what you have done is the same as what Bani Israel said to Musa alayhi salam, make us another God. So in this case we understand clearly from this hadith that asking Barakah is a worshipping. If it wasn't, why Muhammad Muhammad got so angry? Also what the Mushrikeen are doing, they were only asking Barakah from the tree by hanging their weapons into it. That's the hadith. Also the ayah is having the same thing about the idols of Mushrikeen, Allah wal Uzza wa Manaka Sayyid al-Ukhra. I hope that is answering the question. Any questions brothers, I am here for me. No questions now tonight? You you always have a question. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Alaikum salam. Actually, um, my father uh, died 15 years back. Rahimahullah. And uh, we, in, during Eid al-Zuhra, we take uh, huh? part in uh, sacrificing this uh, Qurban. Okay, um, actually, Udhiyah or Qurban should be for the alive people, not for the dead people. That's the Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He, Sallallahu brought two sheep and he killed them for him, one for him and his family, and one for his Ummah who cannot make Qurban. So from this, and he also did not make Qurban for his uncle, beloved uncle Hamza, who died before that in Uhud. So we understand from this that Qurban actually, or Udhiyah, should not be for the dead people, only for the alive people, and you can share, you can put them along. But there is one exception here. The exception is that if the dead person already made wasiyah, yani he has already lived in his paper that every year make a qurban for me, from my own money, then this is a must. Because the wasiyah must be practiced, must be done. Okay? But if you are doing this voluntarily without his wasiyah, then do it in different ways. Make the Ubhiyah or Qurban for you and your family and share your father with you. No problem. Or the mother and anybody. No problem. But for him only, no. As the, some people, they, they have a bid'ah or no problem. They say, there's a, the, 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 uh, it happened here in Saudi Arabia before, but alhamdulillah it stopped now. They said, they said the Ubhiyah and Hufra. Means, yani, the first year the person dies, and yani if he dies in Muharram, say, or Safar, or any day before next Qurban, or Udhiya, they make a special Udhiya for him. That's bid'ah, novelty, it's not allowed in Islam. Our Shaykh here has cleared it out, so people are not doing it anymore, alhamdulillah. But for myself as an example, I make Udhiya for myself, my parents who are alive, and also for some of my relatives, who, my loved who have already died, no problem, I can share them with us. But not only one for him, because this will lead to something else, as you know. And we have one more. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
this is a must. This is a must because this is wasiya code. Wasiya here must. It's a must to be done. So she has made already wasiya. She left money for that. And you have to do it. So where is this money finished? Then you don't have to. But if there is still money that usually we do it in here. They do it in here. You know, all the people here they do it. They leave يعني, some kind of like a farm, few trees or a house, rent of the house. They say from this rent you have to give ubhiya for me every year. This is a must because it's a wasiyah here. We cannot change it. Clearly upon the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to change this. But if it, she did not make any, then it is optional. If you want to add her to your rubhiyah, okay, or other rather, it's not. Sorry? We can leave that delicious. Oh, you can eat it. It's better to. It's better to make it three types. Three parts, I'm sorry. Three parts. One part to eat. Even though, yes, even though, even though, even though, this is for, for everybody. Alive or dead, huh? If he, if he said this in his wasiyah, if he said, you sacrifice for me every year and you took the, the meat only for the, the poor, you have to do it. But he didn't say anything, he said, you sacrifice for me, for ban, then you do it as the others with three parts. One part for the poor, one part for a uh, gift, one part to eat. And what about the property she has distributed between five brothers and now we are sharing all equally together for the sheep? There's no... The question is, inheritance, inheritance in here must be divided upon sharia. Even if the person who has the money died and say, give it to this person. Now just imagine a father who has some money in he, when he, before he dies he writes a wasi and say this money should be given to this person only this son only the others should not have when he goes we don't care what he said no, this is a gift even equal no even equally this should be a bandi sharia there is a clear sharia on this sharia. okay you can share sharia, but now the we brothers sacrifice one sheep hmm? uh, equally distribution for that one sheep no you should you should have the from her, her own money which is lifted you take the money from her own money and you make the shit. There's that case of that you are volunteering now. It's the wasiyah. Where's the money now? Is it, is it, uh... Okay. So, yeah, yeah, there, is, there is nothing left already. No. Okay. Then you, ha- then you have to do it then. You have to, <laughs> you have to do it. Yes. It's already segregated among you brothers. Then you have to share it all together to make it because this is wasiyah for her. Huh? So they simply they will tell that it is given to Salah Sawa, that grave person. What's that? Salah Sawa. Means the only name of Isa. Ah. Sawa. First of all, we are doing not, we are sacrificing on the name of other than Allah. But just we are doing for not for the grave, it's bad. You know the hadith I told you in the dark? A man who has, who has made a vow, you know a vow? Never. A vow is another. I mean, if Allah gives me this, I will do this, I will do, pay this. This is called a vow, huh? If a man makes a vow, that man who made a vow with Muhammad they say, I, he will sacrifice a camel or camels in such and such place. So Muhammad asked him this question was, is that place you are going to kill this? Having some spacious before, 
He said, no. Ah, if it was, if it was there before, even before, he thought he would tell him, no, don't do it. So now, if he is, you know, sacrificing this sheep, beside the grave, not for the grave, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the poor who are around the grave, it is not allowed. Why? Because it will lead to think, okay, he is sacrificing for the grave. If you are not doing it yourself, people will think you are doing it for them, so they will do the same. Why we are required, as remember before we said, why we are not allowed to bury our dead people into the masjid? Especially the pious ones. And we are not worshipping them, we are just putting them there. In a room, beside the masjid or outside the masjid. Still we say it is not allowed. Why? Because it will lead. Step by step, people will worship this grave as it happened now. You are from India? You know Islam Deen Awliya? That's a good example. That's good. That's another example. They were buried in there later on because they are vice persons, then later on people will come and start only salam, later on ask barakah and go on then worship it. That's why Muhammad warned us from doing this. Yes. Yes, yes. Shirk if the person is sacrificing for the grave, then it's polytheism. It depends on the intention of the person. What, what is his intention? If his intention is that he is, he is doing this korban to the grave or to the dead person, then it is a major shirk. If he is intending this only to sacrifice for the poor who are around the grave, it is haram and not allowed. Yes. No question? Yes. 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 So doing the Hajj is Nusuk. Yani going to Arafat is a Nusuk. Going to, to Muzdalifah is a Nusuk. Uh, sacrificing Yawm al-Nahr is a Nusuk. Tawaf is a Nusuk. All these are called Nusuk means yani the way. The way of doing something is a Nusuk. Doing, doing Salah is a Nusuk. Doing uh, Zakah is a Nusuk. So Nusuk here is getting earthly Ibadah. To the grave. Yes. Because the person is already dead and he is slaughtering the sheep. Okay. Bearing in mind that if he is doing this and people they know this, the dangerous here is that the people will think somewhere or other this is for the grave. That if he does it at home. Yeah, he can do it at home. Okay, he can do it at home and he makes the meat and give it to the people and he says this tawab will be for the dead person. Actually, the case of tawab to the graves is, there is a lot of discussion in Gamas. There is a big conflict among the Muslim scholars. They are not agreed that whatever you do, it will reach the dead person. Dua is agreed. It's known, of course. But other things, like making umrah for my dead father, dead father, or making uh, food, sadaqah for my father, they are not agreed upon this. They are not agreed upon this. So, I can't really say it is allowed. I can't really say it's allowed. So, because passing, but the better is to, to, to make dua to him. This is the best thing, and just always make dua for this person, may Allah yani, uh, save him from Jahannam, may Allah, because this dua really is really affecting the dead person. We know clearly upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu that the dua will reach the person, upon the hadith which he said, if, uh, yani, if, if the Adami dies, all of his good deeds will be cut, stopped, except three things. And he mentioned one of them is, 
his son or good son make you dua for him. That means, doesn't mean that he's his son and he's a daughter or not. Or the, the other, no. Even grandsons, granddaughters and the others, even his neighbors, anybody who makes dua. That's why if you are a good person in your life and you are, inshallah, and when you die, a lot of people make dua for you. Even though they are not giving anything from you. But because you have done some good things to people, they are making dua for you. Sheikh Islam Dutaymi has an example. He died about 600, 700 years now. Or maybe 800 years ago now. Still people saying, Rahimahullah, Yarhamahullah. They are making dua for him. Thousands, but millions of Muslims, they are making dua because he made a fantastic knowledge of Islam and he explained a lot of good cases of Islam and he made a lot of يعني, explanation against the, the uh, novelties which made in his time and so on. So people still now today say, Yarhamahullah. Whenever they say, Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahullah. So, the ajr of this dua will go where? To the first. But making one time sacrificing or giving food to the poor for this guy, maybe once in a year, ma'as salam. But dua is all. As I said, you know, this is not agreed upon. This is not agreed upon. Some scholars say, yes. If you take this side of it, then no problem, inshallah. It will be accepted, inshallah, and it will reach. If you take the other side, then it is better to make dua only. But, yani, don't get so, so strict on it. Jazakumallah khair. This action will reach, inshallah, inshallah. Hopefully, inshallah, will reach. Because intentions, what we do... Yeah, of course, intention is important. But, you know, intention is not only the case. You have to have two things. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. So these are two conditions for any ibadah to be accepted. That's why you say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah La ilaha illallah is sincere. Muhammad Rasulullah is the way of Rasulullah. So we cannot do things not the way of Rasulullah, even if we are sincere in it. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair. See you inshallah next week.